Hello, and welcome to What's the Scrimmage. On this episode, we talk about the season that was for the NBA. We talk about those feel-good teams that came into this season with aspirations and succeeded expectations. And we talk about those other teams that came in with championship aspirations and pretty much fell by the wayside. And also, we're going to give our predictions on the playing tournament leading up to the NBA playoffs. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your listening pleasures to What's the Scrimmage. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of What's the Scrimmage. I'm your host, Ron, and I have my compadre, my nerd science behind the sports uh, analysts and everything, my man, Andreas. My man's only, how old are you, my man? 15. 15 years old. And he, he, he knows his stuff, man. He knows his sports, man. And I'm telling you, like I said, this is our second episode we're doing together on What's the Scrimmage. And uh, it's definitely something uh, to behold. So please check with us and uh, check out this episode, man. So just going to get right into the episode today. Uh, NBA season is officially over at this point of recording of today of uh, this, this, the 10th of April. Yes. Yeah, yeah. the 10th of April. And, um, you know, the season is – the regular season is pretty much over. The long, winding regular season is over. Now we're about to start off with the play-in coming up in, on Wednesday. But before we get into that, we want to talk about those teams that we were surprised to see that came out blazing this year. And, of course, we want to talk about those uh, disappointing teams that we talked about. So which 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 one you want to roll through first, man? Uh, I think we should go disappointed teams first. Uh, you, you, you know what we're going to go with, man. My, my Lakers, man. <laughs> my Lakers, man. My, my Los Angeles Lakers, man. man. When I tell you this season has been, like, to be honest with you, I kind of had a feeling at the beginning of the season that the Lakers season was going to get was going to be bad was when they were losing every preseason game. It kind of took me back to the year where – the Lakers um, first um, traded for Dwight Howard, yeah, and and Dwight Howard was coming off a of back surgery and all this other stuff. And during the pre, you know, before the preseason game, they had, you know, they put all the pitches out with Dwight, Kobe, Powell, Steve, Steve Nash, Nash, yeah, Ron Artest, aka Metal World Peace, all together like in one big, you know. Um, picture, you know, I still got the picture on my Facebook page somewhere uh, with them all together, and I was like, yeah, this this the squad, we're going to the finals, we're going to see Miami, and all this stuff. And then, um, all of a sudden, preseason started, and they just started losing games, and losing games, and losing games. And then, in my mind, I'm like, alright, you know, they're just getting this out their system, you know, they're going to get it to the regular season. When the regular season starts, they're going to click, and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be on and popping. Then, they start losing games in the regular season, just seeped over to the regular season. Then Mike Brown gets fired. They People screaming, we want Phil, Phil and Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson doesn't get hired. They hired Mike D'Antoni, which to me to this day boggles my mind how, they, how you choose a championship coach over Mike D'Antoni. No disrespect to Mike D'Antoni, but – you know, is you know, is levels to the to these type of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but not but going towards the, thinking of that particular season is I had the same feeling going into this season with with Russ, Braun, and AD. And then 
one thing for me that really hurt this team was we lost a lot of our depth with trading for Westbrook, you know, KCP, you know, Montrez, um, Kuzma, and we gave up like two picks, I think, at the time. For Anthony Davis. But, well, no, no, no. I'm talking or for, for us. us for yeah, us. I think I think it was two. To the Wizards. To yeah, Wizards. it was like two second round picks. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we gave up for something for Russ, but but the thing is that also killed me as a Laker fan was that how close we was to supposedly get either you know Buddy Hield or Demar Derozan who had a who had a tremendous MVP caliber year in Chicago, and and people now the stories are coming out now that he could have that he wanted to go home he wanted to be with the Lakers but. LeBron and AD end up talking to um to Russ to Westbrook and they niche that deal and they end up going to Chicago. And you know, the rest was this is over. But you but your thoughts, your thoughts on this whole on the whole um on this on this particular season with the Lakers, man, because that because LeBron's your guy. That's your that's your boy. You 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 think he's the GOAT. You think LeBron's the GOAT, the greatest to ever do it. And I understand it because this your era, you with that but how did you feel with um with that going on with lebron and, and the whole squad that particular year uh i definitely say honestly i'd say injuries mm-hmm. i think that's the main thing because mm-hmm. i mean due to injuries anthony davis felt what missed like or you know he missed what felt like 60 games i think mm-hmm. 60 games yeah. A superstar missing sixty games. Yeah, man. Yeah, he missed a lot of games. If like, but the thing is, he's always been known as the guy that that's going to miss those particular games because of his uh, you know, because he's like it goes back to his days in New Orleans. A lot of people, the the word was on him. You know, he doesn't play through pain, or he doesn't, you know, he he has to be completely, you know, one hundred percent to to get to be able to to give his all. But then when he when he comes to the Lakers, you know, he 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 kind of dispersed that narrative within the first year. Granted, the pandemic kind of lead him, you know, five months not being on because the whole pandemic and everything. But he still was show how great of a uh, of a player he was and was the main reason why the Lakers won that 2020 championship. But now, two seasons later, you know, dealing with the injuries he's had, you know, even though the last particular season, it was like a short, quick turnaround because of the Lakers, you know, because of the, you know, the shortened season and, and the NBA wants to go right back into the, the, you know, they don't want to lose another season. So that, I believe that particular season, the, this last year's team could have won the championship if if injuries wouldn't have, wouldn't have affected that team. I, I personally believe that. Because we still had young guys, we still had guys that was that we still was like top defensive players in the league and everything that year. I think it was like one and two still. Top that, five. Top five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that year. Um, so I I totally I totally thought we were uh, we could have still won the championship that particular year and that in that particular year as well. But injuries really did as in when LeBron went down, when uh, Solomon Hill, you know dove into his legs and and that was pretty much it for him so it was like okay fine that 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 hurt us but then 
of course, coming into this season. Oh man, it was it was it was crazy, man. I you know all the hype. You know everybody said, okay, Russ going to bring this triple dub home. You know he's going to he's going to you know he's going to you know open up the he's going to you know bring in Anthony Davis. You know with that pit bull mentality, and it's just it was just bad, man. It was just super bad uh, going with that whole thing, man. Um, I definitely say they just need to they just need to be healthy. That's it, because when when LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing, they were the the toughest team to beat. And people will say, oh, but, you know, the five-month layoff for an injury team, you know, obviously I'm going back to 2020. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing is that 2020 Lakers team wasn't in – they never really got injured throughout the entire season. LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Caruso, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, your main guys stayed healthy. That's Everybody true. stayed healthy. Twenty twenty one isn't don't isn't like until the real season where injuries start to set in. Anthony Davis went out. LeBron James went out. That's when all this this injury bug came in. And then this twenty twenty two season, you got Anthony Davis being injured again, but felt like sixty games. Which again, if you're a superstar, you can't miss sixty games and expect your team to be the talent that they used to be, even with a guy like LeBron James. Right, but. And Russell Westbrook, he he had a shooting slump. Now it was since it was so long, I don't even want to call it a shooting slump. I just want to say this is the now Russ to where it's not to where he's going to be that bad, mm-hmm. but it's going to be to where his MVP year is. You know, obviously Mount, you know Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Then his, you know, then his years with the Wizards. That's the kind of area that you want. He's not going to go and give you a 40-point triple-double anymore. We all know that because mm-hmm. he's not the number one. Right. But what he can do, he can go get you 15, 10, and 10. Right. That's all you need from Russell Westbrook. True. As long as it's not on terrible shooting and he can hit his free throws. He shot 67% from the free throw line this year. If if you're a point guard, shoot, like I don't think even Rajon Rondo shoots that bad from the line. Nah. I never seen Ray John Rondo shit. I never seen Ray John Rondo shot like that 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 horrible in, in, in his like, career. Even though Rondo is is not known for as a scorer, but he's he's still a he's still a productive he still was a productive player regardless of what team he was on. As a as a point guard, if you shoot anywhere from any anything from sixties and below, get in the gym and go work on free throws because. That's 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 stupid. I, I've been watching so many games mm-hmm. where Russ will finally do what I want him to do, which is play his pace. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to other guys. Play at your pace. Mm-hmm. You like to get on and run? Go out and get on and run. Since he's so big and strong, he's able to take on these other guys and actually get the foul call and not be like, oh, he's probably just flopping. Right. So he gets to the line, which, which is exactly where a point guard should feel at home. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph Curry, Chris Paul. Uh, Luka Doncic, if you want to call him a point guard or yeah. small forward, but everyone, Trey Young, mm-hmm. these guys get to the line, and this is how they get started. Mm-hmm. So when Russell Westbrook isn't shooting well and gets to the line, he's missing free throws. So instead of saying, "Oh, you know, you know, finally got to see one go in," mm-hmm. you know, and that can get me started, mm-hmm. it's clank, clank. And a lot of his times, it's it's off front rim, like. Like that's that's not a good miss. Yeah, it was man, it was bad where Russ was shooting like like he was like shooting the Tim Duncan shots like the like the backboard like the the, the Tim Duncan uh, Tim Duncan bank backboard shot. He was shoot he would shoot the backboard 
and it would hit like right off the top of the rent off the top of the back or like the corner like pete like bubble paul george hitting off the top of the backboard that that was that was i was seeing i was like oh my god and it's weird because in his career that's been his shot yeah he'll come in transition and normally he'll blow past you for a layup and then once he gets you backtracking he'll come down pull up bank shot and you know they're going back on defense or he'll come up bank up you know mid-range number net but now it's like people guys are giving him that yeah and the crazy thing is in the NBA now, it's we don't want to give up layups. We don't get, want to give up threes. Mm-hmm. Everything we give up is in the mid-range unless you're a really, really dominant player at getting your own shot. But you got to think about it, too. Players nowadays, even though they want to give up those mid-range shots, still the best players still take those mid-range that, shots. That's what I'm saying. KD, Book, Devin Booker, uh, Braun. Kawhi, but but what Kawhi's I'm saying, on the floor, he yeah. takes those shots too. Even PG and of DeRosa, he was having an MVP caliber year. And beat also, and Jokic, all them guys. We'll take it because. They but what I'm saying is, what what separates that from really really good players mm-hmm. is the guys who can. Okay, you're gonna give me this mid range shot, but I want a shot from three. I'm gonna get my three. Right. Like guys like Durant, it's like okay, we'll give you. We'll give you this, but we're not going to give you this. But Durant is so good, he's saying, oh, you won't give me the three? I'll just take it. Right. Because because it's like, who can really guard Kevin Durant? I mean, Kevin Durant is, seven, is a seven-foot is – a, is a pretty much a seven-foot shooting guard. But that's, that's what, pretty that, much what he is. And it's like – and it's not only that he's tall. I'm talking about like all the superstars in the league. They can go get their own shot. That's what separates them from a guy like Avery Bradley. I love Avery Bradley. You know, I love defense and all that. But Avery Bradley, most of his shots come from spot up, you know, spot up three point shots or, you know, off the catch, you know, pump fake, take a dribble in shot mm-hmm. or it's, you know, him cutting. Right. But guys like LeBron or Steph Curry, they can get to the rim. They can shoot the mid range. They can pull from three. They can get to the line. And sometimes well, for Braun, sometimes knock them down. Right. But it, you get what I'm saying. It's so mm-hmm. hard to guard those guys because you really don't know what they're going to shoot because they can do it all. Right. Like even Steph Curry, I could say, oh, man, he's going to shoot a three. I'm going to sit on it. He's such a good shooter. He only needs just a little bit of space. He gets you with a hezzy and you jump and he'll, you know, he'll start to drive in mm-hmm. and you'll try to cut him off, step back, and that's three. And yeah. that's everything that you didn't want to give up. Right, absolutely. But th- but then going back to Russ and the Lakers and that this whole off season, this whole season pretty much, Russ, sometimes it was sometimes a lot of people say you don't want to blame, you know, one particular player. A lot of things have to fall for everything to be, you know, to be, to be, to that has gone bad for the Lakers this particular season. But the thing is, when I would watch games, Russ would, Russ would go into the, would like, would go to the rim or try to go, try to beat a double team or go into the, and get into the, to the paint. And it looked like he about to go for the layup, but then he turns around and try to pass the ball out, or he just, or he loses control of the ball, and then it goes the other way, and it's, and it's, you know. That's exactly that's when when that happens. That's people telling you how to play your brand of basketball. I had it happen a lot this year, uh, but I felt like it's uh, people. People know me for being fast, and they'll say, "Use your speed. You get the rebound. You got to go, go, go." And you got to go full pace, and sometimes you'll get caught up in the air or whatever, and you'll throw a bad pass or you'll dribble it off your foot or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
he just and then towards the end of this year, you know, where teams start to play a little bit slower, you know, this is where he was able to thrive because this is him playing at his pace and saying, All right, we're all moving at a slow pace. And then just like that, just like, you know, a click of a button, he can go from zero to sixty. And he's blowing past guys, you know, he's getting layups and like that game versus Utah where he dunked on Rudy Gobert, he was coming down, he was jogging down the court, and then he just hit a button, and then he got he dunked on Rudy Gobert. Right. That's I mean, for Russell Westbrook's struggles, it's all mental. I think I think all of his stuff was mental, and all of it was people around him telling. Like, it's almost if your your buddy hooks you up with a girl or something. It's like, oh yeah, my bro's known for being funny. You might try to try to be extra funny and then the person's like mm, i don't know yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of mess it up for yourself it's right. it's more of just he just needs to play his style i think that too and plus i also think another dynamic that pretty much hurt the lakers this season as well was frank vogel's lineup i mean they've been atrocious oh, oh my god my god man come on look at one point in time you had russell westbrook and Rajon Rondo on the floor at the same time. That's so – they had Rondo at the beginning of the year. You know how crazy – you know, and the crazy thing is they ended up getting DJ Augustine mm-hmm. for the exact same role that they would have used Rondo for. Mm-hmm. Facilitate. Right. Let LeBron be the scorer. You facilitate. But DJ Augustine has a shot, though. He's he's known for a spot-up shooter as but well. But the thing is, one thing, Rondo has been getting good enough to where it's like you can't really give – I mean, you can give him that shot. But if he gets hot, he'll get hot. Right. And he'll give you three or four and break the game open. Mm-hmm. I mean, DJ Augustine can do the same, but not to the level of Rondo. Like, DJ, DJ Augustine can maybe shoot better, but he passes up a lot of open shots. Right. Versus Rondo, he'll at least shoot it. And then once they, you know, be like, oh, he's actually shooting it, let me at least contest it, even if he, you know, just to make sure that he doesn't make it, mm-hmm. then he'll blow past you and he'll get other guys involved. That's why Anthony Davis was feasting earlier this year right. until he got injured. But again, back to injuries. For Anthony Davis, I don't know what it is, but it feels like every time he takes an open jump shot and his little patented jab step, step back, and it'll take a little fade, it just feels like he lands on his ankle every single time. Well, I have to, well, I have to put it like this to you. Majority of the injuries that happened with that took out AD this year wasn't self-inflicted like it was before. Like, he landed on, uh, I, I forgot who he landed. I think he landed on Jokic's foot. I think that so. Put him out, that put him out for a while, and he was going for a rebound. So that happened to him. Plus the other injury that happened where um, a guy rolled into him, like he rolled into his knee. Yeah. And he was down. I do remember that. So yeah. those particular injuries that, that those those were the main two particular injuries that put him out for like a, for like a while. And for this season, and for me, those wasn't self-inflicted wounds. That's just it's like it just happened. But it was so long, like it took so long, right? And it's like, and it's like, it's you're a superstar, so we're expecting to see you at least, you know, seventy-five mm-hmm. percent of the year. Mm-hmm. But when you're only playing what feels like twenty-five percent of the year, and you know, you're only coming in kind of like a kind of like a fail, farewell for the rest of the season because you keep getting injured. Now you got your own fans turning against you, and then yeah. people think people think so. But media, media, as in coaching and all that, they hear fans. Oh yeah, and then plus, you, I mean, like I, I got a group of guys that I talk to a lot, and um, shout out to my Laker, my Laker, um, 
uh, messaging group that I that were, that were frequently talked to. Those my those my guys, and they talk about how Anthony like I I stick up for Anthony Davis because you know he's a Laker. You know what I'm saying I'm sticking up for my guy. But when you see other guys like Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, like those those guys, those were the guys that you thought Anthony Davis was going to do. You know, he's going to be in that group. Yeah, I think he can. I think he, I think he is. I, I think if he, he can, be if he can healthy. stay healthy, if he can stay if healthy, he can stay healthy. He could, but and also is also with a shot selection as well because he doesn't go in the post a lot for my taking. Like he takes a lot of mid range jump shots, and I, I think that's also because they made him a center. He's a he's a power forward at heart, or well, he's actually a point guard at heart, but he's he has the body of a power forward. And it is kind of it's kind of like boxing. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna tell a real tall, lengthy guy to go up against uh somebody like a like a Joe Frazier. Like Muhammad Ali had problems with Joe Frazier because mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali is tall and kind of skinny for a heavyweight. But you go up against a guy like Embiid, who's kind of like the Joe Frazier, just bigger built. He's gonna he's gonna bruise him and. And beat him a little bit more to where he's gonna say, "I don't want that." But I, but I can't really say that too as well because I've seen games like perfect example this season when Anthony Davis and uh and the Lakers were playing um Philly. Jordan B had a hell of a game, even though they lost. Jordan B had a hell of I'm, no, I'm sorry, not Jordan B. Anthony Davis had a hell of a game over Joel Embiid. But that's when his shot is going. And going, I mean he can but, use he can use his quickness also for against other biggest because he's also, quicker than he, but also he game. knew that Joel Embiid can can embarrass him. That and he and then he'd step up his game and say, like, Okay. He's serious. Yeah, when you're playing motivated, of you're kind of you're kind of saying in your exactly. head, "I don't care about how bad my body gets beat. I'm motivated but to go check, do something." He's not check, always motivated. Check this out: the very next game he plays, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was the Suns, or I don't know if it was the Suns or or whoever. I think it was the Rockets or whatever. And he let the other center just bully him, like he just bullied him. Like it was like he was just like he was just like it was nothing. And it was like, where's Anthony Davis that that went up against Joel? Again, he's not motivated and I think again, injuries. Cause he I remember I was watching this Nuggets game, I think it was about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh he was playing against Jokic and you know, he's he's playing aggressive. Euro step, he's getting to the line, free throws, he's knocking them down. Mm-hmm. It's but he was limping every single time. Like he grabbed the bottom of his foot. Almost like he had like a like a stress fracture. Oh yeah, trust me, I know. Trust me, I, I just recently came off a foot <laughs> ankle injury myself, so I know. You know, I'm not saying nothing about injury injuries or anything. Like I said, I think the injuries were self inflicted. I think those just happened to happen for him this particular season. You know, and it's kind of sad too when I think about it. It's always it. been his feet, though. Yeah, it's, it's, o- always, I mean, it's always even in the bu- even in I know even in the bubble, he he was like Braun had said. I think it was in uh, one of his uh, podcasts in the shop. Braun had said he said I remember we'd be playing two K, and the bottom of his feet would be purple. Mm-hmm. He said the bottom of his feet would. This was during the bubble. Mm-hmm. He said he said the bottom of his feet while we'd be playing two K together. 
he'd be getting his feet massaged or, you know, they'd be soaking in water and Epsom salt and all that because the bottom of his feet were like black and blue and all that. Like they had been like beat up and like just like no circulation towards him. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean. He's always had these feet problems. And I don't know it if kind of, it kind of reminds me of what happened with Yami. Yeah, was but he had more knee problems. Yeah, There's was, no knee problems with Anthony Davis. I, it's all uh, ankles and like bottom of the feet, uh-huh. and it's like he can just never uh-huh. get and stay healthy. Like he'll be healthy, uh-huh. and he'll be dominating when he gets in the game. It's uh-huh. like when Kevin Durant came back uh-huh. in a 2019 Finals, and you know he started scorching them, and then towards ACL or his Achilles. Right. That's what I'm saying. He comes back. You know, he'll dominate. He'll give you 15 points in 15 minutes with four rebounds, two emphatic emphatic blocks, and a steal. And then he'll take a jumper because he's feeling it and then turn his ankle. And now it's now you got, you know, all his all the Laker fans and, you know, all the Anthony Davis fans just holding their breath like, I hope he's not injured again. Man, every time he falls to the ground, I'd be like, oh, my God. You know, it's kind of like watching them, them, them like, them indie video games where they have where the person like falls and they like fall like dummies or whatever. <laughs> That's kind of like what Anthony David does for me. It's like when I see a fall, he crumbles to the ground. I'm like, oh my god! It's like it's like watching the, it's like a Raggedy Ann doll in a way, just just throwing it in the know, And I'm like, and it's like, I was talking with uh, my friend Marcus about it, and the thought was, whoever whoever helped Steph Curry, because you remember at the beginning of the Steph Curry oh, year yeah. how we had. Terrible ankles. Oh my god! Terrible a ankles. A lot of people, a lot of people criticize the Golden State Warriors when they gave him that first lengthy contract before he had that before he became Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, you know, and that's that's pretty much it was. So I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like he said, he he's he's even went on record say, you know, he trains every day. He does. He trains. He he works out and everything he does. It's just happenstance that these injuries just happen to him. But, uh, which, but also, you know, also, Anthony Davis, what I've seen, the workouts that I've seen with him, they're all upper body. They're all upper body. And the thing is, the thing is, Anthony Davis, you know, when you have stronger, when you do uh, agility things for, like, your ankles and all that, mm-hmm. it, it, keep, it helps your ligament health. It gets them stronger. It gets all your muscles stronger. So if I turn my ankle they're a little bit the you know the ligaments around my ankle are a little bit stronger to say we can kind of resist this a bit whether he can you know play a little bit longer or if he does have to sit out it won't be for as long it just like he has noodle ankles like we used to say to Steph Curry like people used to call Steph Curry noodle ankles because of how much he used to turn his ankle right. so whoever I mean Steph Curry had two ankle surgeries also mm-hmm. so whoever helped Steph Curry with you know with ankles and i think they're called isometrics to help ligaments they need to help anthony davis i know he's a bigger guy but still they need to help anthony davis because he will yeah because because if he doesn't i I don't think his career will last long because of these ankles because he always wearing the low top you know low top nikes too as well so yeah anthony davis wears the kobe's and right a lot of people talk about me like oh man that's the reason why but kobe's don't have a lot of ankle support i i have a bunch of friends uh who've had kobe's and they say they say yeah i love playing in kobe's they're comfortable they feel like you kind of have nothing on your feet so you can kind of it's a little bit easier to cut corners and same thing with Kyrie's. i mean except Kyrie's have a little bit of ankle 
ankle support. They told me, and, you know, my friend's a little bit taller. And he said, he said, yeah, they got no ankle support. Like, like he, I remember he told me that he did a spin move and turned his ankle. Ouch. Like, like bad. Like, I'm talking about ankle touching the ground. Yeah. And those, those ones, those ones are very, like, like it's one thing to like, you know, like quickly roll your ankle, but for it to hit the ground. Yeah, you be your downfall by the and it's it's happened to me and i made the wrong mistake of again taking my shoe off and it swelled up so fast Mm -hmm. and and all the guys at the court was like you shouldn't have taken your shoe off you should have you should have kept your shoe on and tightened it Mm -hmm. and i learned that later on to where you just put the shoe on and you tighten it and you keep it on you tighten it so it'll be a little bit harder for it to swell up and then once you actually get to you know your house or whatever you'll be able to ice it Mm -hmm. but Again, he just needs help with his ankles because this yeah. Lakers season kind of crumbled because of his injuries. Yeah, and the day was, was was definitely the key for us to, to be successful in this season. And plus, on top of that, LeBron had a had a phenomenal season. A lot of people criticize, you know, the Lakers were you know were, were you know losing games and everything. But LeBron, I mean, like I said, it's not much you could do when you are you know thirty seven years old. You're 37 years old, and then you're like, this is what that was. This like his 18th season that it was about to be 19 next season. Uh, I think this is actually his 19th, and then next year's gonna be his 20th. Next year's between, okay, yeah, well, next year's gonna be his that, 20th. Even that, man, I mean, this dude had a lot of mileage on it, but he was still pulling up numbers that people were still putting him in the MVP conversation. Like, he still was like top five in MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. At 37 years old, which is unheard of, you know, as a, in 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 today's game in in basketball history. Normally, when you have guys that's that's like that particular age, they're pretty much um, it's pretty much it's like it's like pretty much is just like they, they they decline. But it seems like LeBron, you you probably see a little decline, but then but you but you still see a little bit of that resurgence up there with. Yeah, like, I, I think his athleticism. Him. I think his athleticism has declined a bit, but mm-hmm. his shooting has went from here to here. Yeah. There's way more games of him going instead of two of seven from three, he's going six of nine from three. Right. And you know he's he's putting up a lot of threes now. I still need him to make the. I need LeBron to make those free throws, man. That's that's the one thing I need out of him because it's been many games this past season where we could have won and LeBron was on the line and. You know he didn't pull it home for us, but I'm not going to hopper on that because that's 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 too easy, especially for people out there today that that wants to hate on LeBron James for nothing. But that's another episode, another day. We'll talk about that. But uh, since we talk about the Lakers, let's stick let's let's stick to um, let's go to let's go to over to the East Coast. Talking about we're still talking about um, teams that we are kind of disappointed um, about what the, uh, going on with the Lakers. We're gonna go to a whole. We're gonna go to a whole city. We're gonna go to New York. We want to talk about the Knicks, and we're gonna talk about the Nets. Now, even though the as of right now the Nets are in the playing tournament, they are in the playing tournament. But they came in this season along with the Los Angeles Lakers, who missed who missed the entire playoffs, which is another mind-boggling thing about the Lakers that you know missing the whole playoffs this year with the whole expectation is just. You know, that's a whole nother thing. So as Lakers fans, not want to hop back onto the Lakers, but 
we just want to flush this season and, and move on to the next. You know, how Kobe said, flush it, forget about it, move on next season. We're gonna be it's gonna be legendary. So that's what the Lakers are holding on for for next season. So let's see. But going to New York, you got the Knicks. Knicks coming off a pretty good season last year, making some noise in the playoffs, even though losing in the first round to the Atlanta Hawks, who ultimately end up in the Eastern Conference Finals, losing to the eventual champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. But the Knicks really took a nosedive after this particular season. Getting Kimball, having Kimball Walker back in New York was exciting. Uh, Evan Fournier, getting them getting Evan Fournier was was uh, I thought was was a good move for them and uh, um and, and 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 everything. So I thought they were actually going to Julius Randle. I thought he was going to take another step, you know, this year. But it seems like it always happens with a Tom Thibodeau team. They have a very good season, a very productive season, and then all of a sudden, the next few seasons after that, they go they go downhill. They're happening, you know, with Chicago. It, granted, it was injuries with Chicago. Like Derek, you losing your star in Derrick Rose for like majority of the time. He still did a phenomenal job with that team, but it's just it just went downhill. Then Minnesota had a very good start up with Minnesota, getting Jimmy Butler, making the playoffs. Then that went downhill. Now he gets the job with New York. New York is back. People, New York is in the middle of street screaming and yelling off the top of their heads. There's only <laughs> game one in the regular season um, after beating Boston. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to like to, to be like a championship level team, but I was expecting them to make the playoffs again and to make a little bit of a better push than this year. But they're they're not even in the playoffs this year. What's your thoughts with the Knicks, man? Um, I definitely say my thoughts with the Knicks is would probably be they they have everything they need. They have everything they need. They have a young core. Uh, I think they just need a couple more years of experience because last year they're doing the exact same thing, and that was uh, playing well together, being a, a well-coached team, and uh, riding their hats on defense. They just uh, – this year, I think it was having Derrick Rose out the lineup because he was the, kind of their, their leader, and when you don't have your leader, things – tend to you can you have to find it from different areas and mm-hmm. since other guys aren't used to being in that spot right it kind of takes a while for people to figure out do you want it is it my turn so uh, i think that's one thing to go with the knicks um just their grow their grows need to be healthy and he wasn't and you can't again like i said you can't win without your superstar or was not a superstar but without your leader being there if you if, but here's the thing though if this was derrick rose like MVP caliber Derrick Rose, I'd be like, okay, I understand that, but this is not this Derrick Rose is. I mean, even though he can still ball, I'm not I'm not taking nothing away from Derrick Rose, but this ain't this is not the same Derrick Rose. This ain't the Derrick Rose of that 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 was that was flying out the that was flying out the um that was flying out the building, exciting people with his height, with his high flying abilities, and it's a his his you know and everything you know what I'm saying well people were saying him and Russell Westbrook were the two most athletic point guards in NBA history you know what I'm saying so but 
like I said, I don't know what the I don't know what what the Knicks turn to now because now it seems like the the team I'm hearing noise that the team is kind of like a tired of Thibodeau now. I heard that they were I heard that they they wanted to keep him. I was looking at some articles and a lot of uh supposedly mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. uh and coaching staff and all that said that they wanted to keep Thibodeau even in front office. Right. They just said that they just needed another year with him. Uh, but who knows? Because obviously we're not in New York and we're not in that place. So, you know, we yeah. don't know if they want Thibodeau or don't want him. Yeah. They just need to figure it out. I think I think they try one more year mm-hmm. because, it, it you know, you kind of don't know because you've won, you know, a bunch as in, you know, when they made the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. to Nick standards. Right. But, but, yeah, but the thing is, nobody's not expecting that Nick's team to do anything special. Everyone was. I mean, besides making, besides making the playoffs, maybe. But, but they but, have a young group. Your thought, your thought shouldn't be. When you have a group like that, just like the Cavs, your thoughts shouldn't be, oh, man, we, we expect to be first on the exits. Right. You, your thoughts should be second round, you know, getting to the conference finals and then getting, you know, probably like swept or something. That should be your expectations or, for right or, now. Or just or by some luck, by some luck, you can end up in the finals. It's possible. Mm-mm. But you, but but that's but, not their expectations. But so I understand. But I, but I understand that that's not the expectation. Plus, I'm just, I'm joking about that. We know about that. But but the championship aspirations is not with the New York Knicks. It's with the other team across the bridge, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about that Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets team who came in with the Lakers as two of the top teams in the NBA to win the championship to get to the finals. Yeah, it was Bucks, Suns, uh, Lakers, Nets. I think Mavericks were the next three teams right. expected or the favorites to win right. in Philly. But everything that happened, Kyrie with his with the, his stance on not taking a vaccination, I'm not even going to go into that. All I know is – you do what you do. No one should force you to take you to do to do what you what you don't want to do in 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 what it pertains to your body. That's my stance on that. But with that being said, Kyrie being in and out of the lineup, and then at the beginning of the season, they was like, okay, he can't play home games, but he could play away games. And then the Brooklyn Nets organization was like, no, no, no. He, if he can't play home games, he can't play no games. So they set him home. Then all of a sudden, they get hit with COVID. They get riddled with COVID. And guys were sitting out, and guys were sitting out because of COVID. And um, James Harden wasn't wasn't playing wasn't playing well in the beginning of the season. And it looks like he just phoned it in, wanted to get out of Brooklyn, which we're going to talk about that as well uh, with him going to Philly. And um, it was just like, wow, we got we got to do something. And then Kyrie being in the lineup on the away game, and he's you know we know he's spectacular in what he does. Like he's one of the best 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 handlers handles in the NBA bar none. Like no one can touch him when it comes to his handles. When it comes to his handles, but this particular season having that. 
having him in and out of the lineup, guys headed with COVID, then making that trade with Harden, bringing in Ben Simmons. Now Ben Simmons not probably Ben Simmons is pretty much well he's not playing for the he's not playing this year. Um, ben Simmons. Yeah, he's, they said that uh, he has a chance to play the first round if they make it there. If they make it to the first round, well, we'll we'll see. I don't even know they make it out the play. I don't even think they're making it out of the play. And the, and the only reason why I'm saying that I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer. It's just I've seen what this team has done with KD and Kyrie and still like KD and Kyrie combined for like 70 or 80 points at one point in time and they yeah. still lost but like 10 or 20 points I think still yeah you know even though the team they're playing against the Cavs who has been a very good story this NBA season them the Cavs Memphis Phoenix um I have to say, I, I probably say the Mavericks as well with Luca making that trade to get um, Spencer Dinwiddie has pre- pretty much been the shot in the arm that they needed for for that Dallas um, for that Dallas team. Um, Miami, oh, and of course Milwaukee staying the course and being who they are. Cat, the, the Cavs has been a very, very, very good team defensively, offensive wise. Uh, the young point guard and Darius Garland. And 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 the, and the team they have, I, like I said, Mobley. I love Mobley. I, I I I love Mobley. He's one of my favorites in 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 his draft class. He's my favorite in his draft class. And I feel as though that Brooklyn is is pretty much trying to find themselves and what they want to be in that particular organization with KD and Kyrie. Now you wanted to you had KD and Kyrie and then you was gonna put other guys around. Then you see James Harden and he was like, "Hey, we can get a third guy. This this could be the third guy." And then you know championships is dancing and in, in dance uh, dreams of championships are dancing in Brooklyn. Then all of a sudden, COVID hit. Kyrie doesn't want to get the vaccine. Kyrie's against is 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 going up against the system. He's not he's not eligible to play in, in, in New York because of the vaccine mandate. Yeah. And then everything just happens one after another after another. KD is putting up incredible bonker numbers, but he's being asked to do a lot of things that he's never been asked for to do in his entire career. If you think about it, he's been asked to not only score, but rebound and facilitate at particular times throughout throughout his throughout his time in Brooklyn. He's never had that had that type of um, responsibility during the beginning or during the course of his of his career, whether it was in OKC or in Golden State. He's never had those type of those type of things. When when it was facilitating the ball, it was James Harden, a young James Harden coming off the bench, or Russell Westbrook rebounding. It was Russ or 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 Serge Ibaka or. Or, or Steven Adams or whoever, you know, had to rebound the ball. He was only asked to score. Yeah, and then he goes to go to state. It's pretty much set up table for him. All he has to do is score because you're not going to double him because if you double him, guess who's open? Steph. Or Clay. Whoever. And he don't have to facilitate who's doing that. Draymond. Draymond is the facilitator, and he's going to get him open. All KD got to do is just pull up. That's it. 
That's all he had to do. He he had such a easy he had such the easiest road he had was in Golden State. But now he wanted to go to Brooklyn because the narrative of him he can't win without as right. Yeah. And personally, I love Kevin Durant, but I'm kind of on the same thing. I mean, in OKC, he was the even though he was the guy, his only job was to score. Mm-hmm. Like, like a lot of really like players that we really think of that are just really good. This shows you just in the NBA for I don't know how long how much scoring has been. You know, well over defense. It's like it's like if you can score, but everything else you can kind of do. Mm-hmm. The NBA loves you. Yeah, respectfully, you look at you look at when we when we think of. Julius Irving, I've heard that he was a pretty good defender, but when we when you think of Julius Irving, you think of getting to the rim, you think of him scoring. Right. Uh, you think of the Iceman. What do you think of him? Scoring. scoring. You think of Clyde Drexler, MJ, uh, Damian Lillard, Allen Iverson. Well, These with, are all guys who Well with MJ, he was he was known for more of his scoring and he was known for more of his tenacity on defense. Yeah, but but I'm gonna ask you this. Mm-hmm. If I said MJ you thinking defense or offense? I'm thinking offense. Exactly, because he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. Right, right. You think I, of Kobe, even though Kobe was a really good defender. You think of him, you know, his tough fadeaways, his off-balance shot. Those are the shots you think of. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that if, if you're a scorer, it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. to put you in a position to win because most of the time it's like, Okay, we have this player who's, you know, good at passing, this player who's good at shooting, this player who can just score all around. Right. It's kind of a little bit easier to build around that type of player, but you have to be set. Right. You have to be set. A guy like LeBron James, he is your team. You just need guys. You just need a number two and guys who can shoot and play defense, three and D guys. And that's another thing, too. That's going to be another episode, too. We're going to talk about LeBron James and his and – his in his career, what he had to deal with going forward with his career. Because with LeBron, he has been asked to do everything, facilitate, pass, I mean, facilitate, score, rebound, defend the best player, and all this other stuff throughout majority of his career. Pretty much majority of his career. Um, You know, whether it was in Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, and then, you know, somewhat in L.A. The crazy thing is, in L.A., LA, the year that they won it, um, you know, that was supposed to be LeBron's scoring year. I mean, it kind of was his scoring year. That year, he played more off ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy who – the main ball handler was either Caruso or Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, he still led the league in assists. Yeah, because him and Anthony Davis was just – We want still, you to be a scorer. Right. And you're still yeah. going to lead the league in assists. And I think he won the assist title that year, too. He, won, he did. He yeah. won the assist title so, that year. It just That's just goes to show you how he was, but – Back to back to Brooklyn, back to KD, man. I just, you know, even though they're in the play-in tournament and they still have the opportunity to make the playoffs, for where the the expectation was for what Brooklyn was supposed to be at is very is very on a that is is very like downer. The only way the Brooklyn Nets can get to either the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Or the NBA Finals mm-hmm. is if Kevin Durant learns to trust his teammates. He he does. no he doesn't no he doesn't. You want to know why? Why? The game against the Brooklyn or I'm um, sorry the game 
against the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember the first time? Which which one? The the first the first uh, at the end of the fourth quarter, Kevin Durant had the ball in his hands, mm-hmm. and he gets to the rim, mm-hmm. and he's triple teamed. Right. And either he can either he can pivot out and throw throw an open pass to Kyrie, mm-hmm. or he had Seth Curry wide open. If you look back at the at the play, mm-hmm. he gets triple teamed. Drew Holiday comes in, I think mm-hmm. bait or I think it was it was Drew Holiday came down baseline, mm-hmm. and then Giannis was like, he's not giving this up, and he came from he came from Durant's left side, so Durant had to spin back, right. And then shoot a and shoot a fadeaway jumper, which missed. Mm-hmm. And then the you know the second the second shot, I I won't really say anything because you know you know that was him time. It was one v one. But I'm talking about mm-hmm. there's been multiple times where it feels like he doesn't trust his teammates in crunch time. Well, He's missed a bunch of game winners due to being double teamed. Well, you got to think about it also in this way with the way the way the media the way fans think of it now is think about it if lebron james when lebron james gets triple team and double teamed and everything and he kicks it to carmelo and carmelo miss who they blame it on but that's the but that's you also have to realize but there's different standards i understand there's different standards i understand there's different standards but the thing is if kd takes those shots people was people would come in like he took this shot. He he got the killer. Even though he missed. No, they he, won't. Even though Ron, you have certain well, no, people when he, say that. Ron, he missed six game winners this year. I know. Now, I've been. But, pe- but you still got people that's calling him clutch, though. He is clutch. But he's missed six game winners. But the thing is, you have to realize, just because just because you shoot all these game winners LeBron, does not mean that you're. I'm going to sound like a LeBron homer now, right now. And you know me. I, I'm not a LeBron homer like you. But. LeBron James have more clutch have more clutch points and more clutch plays than Kevin Durant. I know that, but, but KD is considered. But but you ask the person, they will say KD is more clutch than LeBron. No, they won't. No, they won't. Yes, they would. No, they won't. Yes, they would. No, they won't. I'm telling you. I'm telling you no, right now. I'm no, telling you right now, dude. Right now, you go. You ask anybody, they'll say who you think is more clutch, KD or LeBron. I guarantee. No, you, everybody's going to say Bron. I'm telling you. I'm telling. I've you. I've been on you know youtube and instagram twitter and all i've seen polls mm-hmm. of stuff like this and they'll be like 82 17. Okay. lebron james wins the poll 82 to 17. okay with that 7k 17 k maybe, maybe those people those people probably know what they're talking about but this is what i'm saying you look at it you say who who do i want like who do i want to give the ball to at the end of a game lebron james or kevin durant kevin durant Yes, he can make some tough shots. But if I send a double team, I win. If I send a double team, I already know I won because he's not giving it up. Now, if I double team LeBron James, guess what? Just like 2018 game one of the NBA Finals is, what, 15 seconds left. And LeBron throws that pass to a cutting George Hill and he gets fouled. Mm -hmm. If he hits both free throws, you know what everybody's going to say? Great pass. Or, you know, I bet – excuse me. I bet – I bet you they won't even say great pass, LeBron. They'll probably say, all right, good bucket for George Hill. He well, saved LeBron. They probably would have. That's the narrative. For but but what I'm LeBron saying is him. this is what I mean by – this is what I mean by you have to give – it's easier to set LeBron up. If 
give LeBron Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Give LeBron Clay Thompson. Because the closest the the closest to Clay Thompson he's had when it comes to having a reliable spot up shooter, two guys come in mind. You think of Jarrett Smith mm-hmm. back in that 2016 run, mm-hmm. and you think of Kevin Love. That's a, Again, back in that 2016 run. That, he was a, doing it all throughout. But what I'm saying is, LeBron, you can double him, mm-hmm. and you're still unsure if you're going to win. Because right. he gets guys practice shots. Another game one, or I think this was actually game three. or No, I'm sorry. It was game four because I remember they wanted to close it out right. Mm-hmm. It, was either, it was game four of the 2020 bubble finals. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, and he goes up. And, you know, he's kind of around the baseline, and he kicks it out to Danny Green. Yes, the pass could have been better, but it's a wide-open Danny Green, and, you know, you expect him to make those shots because he's known as a 3-and-D player. I remember that game so vividly because I was so upset. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, there's been how many times have we seen in LeBron's career to where he sets up guys for easy buckets? Yeah. He's been doing this his entire career. So when when somebody asks me, who do I want to give the ball to? Now – Kevin Durant, I know for sure he's going to shoot it. Is he going to make it? Who knows? But what I know that LeBron's going to do, he's going to make the right play, whether that's him getting his own bucket or him passing out to somebody who's wide open. Well, his, well, because I want to get back to KD and the whole thing with, with the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, KD is the type of guy he was like, I'm just going to I'm gonna pull it. I want to snipe it. Now, there's plenty of times I've seen him make the tough shots. I mean, go back to the last year playoffs when he played against the – Milwaukee Bucks, where he was just toenail on the line. If he had a you know, toenail on the line, and you know, and it, it, and it went through like it was nothing, like yeah, he ripped, like he ripped it. So, you know, I just think what Brooklyn needs to do: get Ben Simmons healthy, get him back in the gym, get Ben Simmons, because even if they bring Ben Simmons back, he still has a problem. Yeah, because it's going to be kind of like because it's going to be like what KD did with Andre Robinson when Andre Robinson who was shoot a good, the ball he told yeah, him to shoot, he kept he said, on shoot, he shoot the ball and he was telling him to shoot the ball. It's going to be the same thing for Ben Simmons. So it's even though they got a young twenty five year old who could run up and down the floor, facilitator, pretty much we pretty much I could call him a hybrid Draymond Green. Personally, I personally I think. Uh, what people get mixed up is passing and playmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two different things. I think playmaking is be like I can throw a pass to get somebody open. Mm-hmm. That's me being a good passer. Right. Now, the difference versus playmaking is me doing something to make the defense react, and I'm reacting off the defense to give somebody a pass. Right. That's playmaking. Right. You think of guys like Steph Curry, right. great playmaker because his gravity is so strong. Ben Simmons doesn't have gravity. Right. He doesn't have gravity to where it's like we're worrying about him as a superstar shooting the basketball. Nobody's scared of that. Right. It, it's pretty much like he's on our team. Exactly. It, yeah. It's it's a six on four. Right. So so when he has the ball and he's at the top of key, I can sag back and it's almost like playing football. I can read his eyes and say, I'm just waiting for him to throw that pass. I'm looking at his eyes. I'm looking where he's throwing it. Mm-hmm. And once he throws it, I'm picking it off like a safety and we're going the other way in transition. Right. Because it's it's when you're a good shooter, people have to be on you. So the passing angles are a little bit easier. They're different, but they're a little bit easier because you can see the court. Mm-hmm. You can see the court, especially if you get downhill, 
Because if somebody's playing up on you, it's easy blow by for a guy like Steph Curry or Damon Lillard. True that. True that. So yeah. once they get to the rim, I can see the whole court. Mm. But when you have a guy off of you, as Ben Simmons, he's tall so he can see over the court. Yeah, he can see it, but everybody's looking back at him like, what are you going to do? If right. you drive, mm-hmm. we'll just take this charge because we're already set. Right. I mean, how many times have we seen Ben Simmons have the ball in his hands and guys are backing up? Like yeah. LeBron, like, when, when he was respectful, like, like this, people don't do this to Draymond Green. Like, this is how bad it is. It's like, it's like playing street ball. We're like, oh, yeah, let him shoot. Yeah. And, and it, as a basketball player, as an NBA player, you have to have a certain competitiveness. You're on our team. Yeah, you're on our team. You have to have a certain competitiveness to get to the league because that's kind of what motivates some guys. Yeah. And when you're there and you hear, oh, let him shoot. Like, I bet you, I bet you they sag off him in practice. I bet you they sag off him in practice. I don't if, think if, they would be that disrespectful. If, if, coach, if coach says, hey, we running 5v5, huh, I don't care if you're my best friend. If we if we not on the same team playing basketball, I'm sagging off. We gonna win this game after after this game since we're in practice and we're teammates. We can go dap each other up, go out, you know, go get lunch or something. Mm-hmm. But it you know while we playing, I know you're not a good shooter. And the crazy thing is, we've heard a bunch of players tell Ben Simmons to shoot the basketball. Mm-hmm. So don't you have to think they're trying to give him that tough love? As you know, when your basketball players is kind of like brotherhood. It's kind of like shoot the basketball, bro. Right. Shoot it. Right. But like I said, we'll see what that pertains because I don't think I, I don't think we're going to see Ben Simmons for the rest of the season at all because if he plays him playing one game in a play in a playoff scenario, that's that's not going to be good for him. I I don't see him playing at one one dribble for the rest of this entire season. I think, I think he'll play, but he won't be good. I think I think he'll give you. I think he give you ten, ten, and ten his first game, all five of five. I think he'll have zero turnovers, and it'll look like the honeymoon, you know, that every NBA team has when they get a new player. Oh my gosh, you know, this dude is dominating, like James Harden. When James Harden got to Philly, mm-hmm. he had that triple double with seventeen or uh, twenty seven, mm-hmm. and they looked like like people were saying the new Kobe and Shaq, right. which I don't understand how people got that, yeah. but. You know, looking at it now, I think as it progresses with Ben Simmons, people are going to start to give him that treatment mm-hmm. like they used to do to Philly. Yeah. Oh, man, hold on. <laughs> That's Ben Simmons, right? Oh, yeah, back up, back up, back up. Right, 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 <laughs> back, right. Make him shoot, make him shoot. Yeah, but now, but but like I said, that's, that's I, I really believe, I don't, I, I really, we won't see him for this year, but they, st- but Brooklyn still has a chance. They got win. I think it's this Wednesday, uh, as as it's recorded, is this Wednesday that them, uh, that they take on the Cavs, and uh, you know they got to lose twice. So if they lose twice, I mean we've seen it last year with Golden State. With Golden, a lot of people thought Golden State was going to be the eighth or seventh seed last year, and they end up losing to the Lakers, and they lost and they lost to the up and coming Grizzlies. Grizzlies, which makes me want to transition to one of the. To surprising, the, I think the best surprising, <laughs> best surprising teams. team. This we team is even as a Laker fan, I was still enamoredly happy to see this particular team go off the way they did in the Memphis Grizzlies. And with this Memphis Grizzlies team, 
I mean, first and foremost, John Morant is just a superstar. He's Talk a super Talk about super, it. Super <laughs> Talk super about it. Star. This dude is elite. Dude is elite. Just, I mean, the game I watched when he played against when he played when he played against the Lakers, and he made that block, that incredible oh my block God. rebound. Oh my God! Like, come on, man. That dude That's is, a point guard. It's a point guard. Jeez. Like, like we talk about Russell Westbrook, and we talk about Derrick Rose being athletic guards. He's in that convo. Oh yeah. He's, he's definitely in that, in that conversation. He's definitely in that conversation. I mean, he is just his attitude, his mindset, everything. It just he just he, he and he. The one thing that I that I love about John Morant so far in his career is that he embraced where he was traded, where he was picked from. He embraced that Memphis culture. Yeah, he embraced that 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 city. That 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 organization, that city, whole state of Tennessee, them, he he embraced everything, and they leveled tenfold out there. You know what I'm saying? Like people talk about how you know he's the greatest thing to hit Memphis's Elvis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how it's going up out there. But my man, but not just him. That whole team. Go, go Darren Baines. Baines. I, I I got you on this one. So look, they got John Morant, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr., uh-huh. Dylan Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Uh, uh, who else they got? Darren Baines. Oh my God, he's buff. Oh my God, have you seen? He's buff around the shoulders. Oof. And normally you think that they can't shoot like that when they're buff. He <clears throat> also, is buckets. Also, I think another another pickup that I think they did was super smart. Stephen Adams. Oh my gosh, I get wanted his- you to. Give us, get us, Stephen Adams, the the toughness, the mindset that he brings to that to that team. And the thing is, you would thought the games that John Moran was out, they will be, they will lose those games. They're twenty and two without their starting point guard. Twenty no. and two, that's crazy. You know, and they're winning, wow. and and not only that. They're not winning games by the skin of their teeth. They're blowing teams out. They blew. They blew the uh, the Brooklyn Net, uh, Brooklyn Nets out. They had. They blew a team out by fifty seven. Without their star. Without John Morant. Now it, I understand it's the Pelicans, but these are NBA players. Right. It's not like I'm going up against a little third grader. This is this is. A NBA team versus another NBA team. Right. A blowout is 20-plus. You can understand that. Right. But you're getting blown out by 57, almost 60. Dude. Dude. Come on, man. And and this isn't high school. There is no press towards easy steals. This is – you know, this is – my five are just way better than your five. My team is better than your team. Point blank, period. That's – because, like I said – that Memphis team, to me, is the most dangerous team is out there. Now, granted, they're going to go – they have experience in the playoffs because they played last year. So they have that playoff experience under their belt. Now, how far they could go this year, only time will tell when the playoffs starts. But I firmly believe that this Memphis team 
can make it to the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think sure. they can. I think they really can. Even though you still got Golden State, depending on who, you know, they come back healthy, you know, especially with Steph dealing with – Your point? And everything. Golden State was healthy, and they beat Golden State. That's they beat Golden too. State. That's they beat the too. Suns. They beat Brooklyn. All healthy. That's true. That is true, too. They, and, and the crazy thing is, yeah. they beat Brooklyn, and I'm pretty sure they beat the Suns without Ja Morant. And it's just a different vibe when you go like the 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 Memphis Grizzlies are building that culture when it was Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, the Grit and Grind, the, yeah, that team, like Grit and Grind, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach for for Memphis, he has to get Coach of the Year. Yeah, he has to get him yeah. or or JP Bickerstaff for the Cavs. I think I go for. I think I give it to Memphis because. Who's the head coach again? Taylor Taylor Jenkins. Taylor Jenkins. I give it to him because here's the reason why: losing your star player, but your team's still playing at a high level. That's coaching. No, that's not. They're playing at the highest level. That's coaching. That's coaching. Or that's coaching because when you lose a star player, your team kind of dips a little bit. They stayed the course. They, they got st- even better. They got even better. They stayed the course. They even got better. That's the and that's the reason why I did say I don't think San Antonio Spurs even did this. When if if I was to take Tim Duncan out of that, I don't think they would even do this. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, but still the way that they're doing it again, it's your super. This is your superstar, and they look at your superstar, and you know he goes out with his ankle injury, and they say, "Don't worry, we got it," and everybody steps up. Mm-hmm. This this Memphis Grizzlies team. Is what every is what every young team wants to be, or what every team thinks they can be without their superstar. Mm-hmm. But this team, this they are it. Mm-hmm. Like they're they can match up with every team, especially because when you have a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. who not only can play defense and he can bump with the biggest guys, mm-hmm. he can move his feet with also guys like I've seen him put the clamps on LeBron before. Yeah. That's a tough task. He's guarded Durant. He's even moved to Trey Young. He has no problem, you know, guarding these guys. And, again, you have Steven Adams also, who he guarded Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, even though he had a great game uh, back in, you know, the two, uh, 2016 OKC versus Warriors, uh-huh. when when Steven Adams would switch onto Steph Curry, they wouldn't bring help because he would at least contest and make them take a difficult shot. Right. It's just Steph Curry being Steph Curry. Right. But now that you have it, you have Steven Adams on the team that's willing – to buy into the system mm-hmm. and say we're all playing defense this year. No right. breaks. This mm-hmm. is this is all gas, no breaks team. Yeah, man. This, I, that this Memphis team, man. I, I I I'm just a fan. I'm a huge fan of this Memphis team, man. And like I said, John Morant, and he's taking up the attitude, and the team was and, and the team is playing together like they cohesive. And they and they look like they 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 look like they love playing for one another and everything. That's why I, I, a lot of people are not talking much. Like a lot of people, they don't talk much about Phoenix. And Phoenix like that, the number one seed in the um in the West. Yeah. But Memphis, a lot of people are not talking about that team. Like that Memphis team is so good. They Grizzlies are, are number two. Yeah, number two. They are fifty six and twenty five. That that's incredible. 
That's incredible. For a young team in the West doing that. And and you know the Knicks did this also last year, how or like or the year before last year. But I where believe, they exploded. But listen, but, but listen. But I believe in this Memphis. This group, yeah, they, exactly. They, I be, they they have a actual culture. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. The Knicks, they got a culture. They got a culture. Don't worry about it. Especially with all the fans and you know. They they have a culture. They have a rivalry with that Hawks team with Trey Young. They have a they have their culture set. Mm-hmm. With this Grizzlies team, they they're 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 hungry. Oh yeah. They yeah. they don't take they don't take regular season games off. Every regular season game, mm-hmm. they come out and play it like it's like it's a game seven. And I saw somebody say, Well, other teams aren't playing it like a game seven. And once they get in the playoffs, they'll start to get cooked. But the thing is for blowing teams out by thirty, but here's but this is going to be their test though. I listen if if we're sparring and I'm going full force, and you know you're kind of you're kind of mid light sparring, I'm still not going to beat you to death because right. that's what the Grizzlies are doing to every other team. These guys are thirty plus but, dropping on their head. But their real test is going to come up pretty soon because now. They because they, they, they get ready because they have the number two seed in the playoffs and it could be either between the Clippers or uh, who who plays in the playing tournament. It's between the Clippers um, and someone. Let me should have this open by now, people. But anyway, it should be it'll be either uh, I think it'll be the Clipper. It'll be either Minnesota or Clippers, whichever those two, but for the playing tournament. Uh, whoever wins their their playing tournament, it would be either be Minnesota or the Clippers. I would love them to play the Clippers because if you could beat the Clippers, I think you could beat anybody. Yeah, Minnesota or the Clippers. And uh, I'm going to tell you this now. Minnesota don't want none of the Grizzlies. Oh, no. The reason why is now, don't get me wrong. What's his name? Carl Anthony Towns, Cap, he's been on a tear. He's been playing motivated. And he said the best. best th- Best, best, best big man three point shooter in the history of the NBA. Yes, according yes, to him. Yes, <laughs> I, I think so. I think he's the best big man shooter of all time. But I think he is. you know, I think you can he, get to that later. Himself, I think he proved himself over time that he's 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 a, he's a knockdown he's a knockdown three point shooter. Like, but what I'm saying, I mean, there's been accounts of people saying that Carl Anthony Towns is soft. You can see pictures. Uh, there's a picture where he's trying to, where he's trying to like it looks like he's trying his hardest to post the Boogie Cousins back when he's playing with the Pelicans, and Boogie has like this face, <laughs> this like, straight face doing? of like of like, bro, what is bro, what <laughs> like what is little bro doing? Yeah. Like calling him like little bro, it felt like. I mean, I mean, we could go back to the Jimmy Butler situation with him and calling him soft and all and that. So, Took the third strings and beat the starters. Right. But now it looks like he's found his he found his niche. He seemed like he found his confidence back. He's found his way back, and now they were in the playoffs, which they're in the playoffs. You know, playoffs playing, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But he has the opportunity to to make the playoffs once again since they've been in there. You know, the last time they was in it when Jimmy Butler was there, and that was like three or four years ago. So that's pretty much a what that was um but memphis man i will i would love to see the clippers go up against them in the first round I think I, they would, don't i don't think they i don't think they want them 
Who? I don't think they want him. Who don't want him? If John Morant's going to be back for the first round. No, you don't You don't think the Clippers want him? The Clippers do not want the Grizzlies. Oh. The way that the way that the Grizzlies are playing, you got Steven Adams versus Zubac. Both of those guys are great rebounders, but every time every good rebounder goes up against Steven Adams, they it, it almost feels like they're a non-factor because of how physical Steven Adams is. Yeah. Steven Adams... You know, he's he's played with Russ Westbrook, so he knows how to box out. He knows where to be, and he knows where to, you know, get alley-oops from and all that. But when you have a guy like John Morant, I love Reggie Jackson. He's one of my favorite players. But guarding John Morant, he can't hang with him. Mm. Then you go to the two spot. You got either Dylan Brooks, who can shoot that thing. Mm-hmm. But he can also get to the rim, and, you know, he's scrappy. Mm-hmm. He's scrappy. And then you got uh, – PG. Desmond Baines, Desmond Baines from the Grizzlies, yeah. he shoots it. So not only are you going to ask Paul George in a seven-game series to say, we need you to drop 30 because Kawhi's not there. Right. We also need you to defend at a high level because you have you don't want to get Jaron Jackson started. He, I think he's had twice this year where he's had made over uh, eight or more threes this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get him started. Right. Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Dylan Brooks. You don't want to get him started. Right. Desmond Bain. You don't want, these are all guys who are contestants for a three point contest who like who are either going to be there or were in the three point contest. Right. They wanted Jared Jackson. He said, I'm good. They wanted Dylan Brooks. He said, I'm good. But Desmond Baines, he, I think he got to the second round and then lost there, but still. You're in the three-point contest. You're known as a good three-point shooter to where I can't sag off and give you what you want. So, again, you're asking that entire Clippers team. Now, they are are number one in defensive Mm -hmm. rating this year. Right. But also, it don't matter. We always say offense beats defense. But I think think when it comes to teams, I think defense is a little bit more. But Grizzlies, again, they've been blowing teams out, and they're so – Good offensively. Yeah. No matter what you do, mm-hmm. they're going to find a way to score. Yeah. And then that becomes a – that's when the game gets a little bit closer rather than the Grizzlies just blowing somebody out. Yeah, and that's one thing about this Grizzly team that I was like, man, this team – that's why I said this Grizzly team, I can't see them – I could see them making it to the um, to the Western Conference Finals. Now, can they make it to the Finals? We'll see. You know well, what I'm saying? Well, looking at the teams that they face in the playoffs. So let's say let's say they get the Clippers and they beat the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Then they'll go against uh the Mavericks. They go against the Mavericks. Now Luka Doncic, he's one tough customer, but Luka he's going... is the Mavs. That's just it. Yeah, I always thought that. People will be Luka like Luka is the Mavs. If 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 Luke is not is not on fire, is not knocking down and put, putting up incredible shots like that, Mavs not winning. You know, you know what I think the you know how I would compare the Mavs to a team. I know, I know, I bring up LeBron a lot, but it'd be like the 2018 Cavs. Both LeBron didn't play too much defense that year, but neither does Luca. Mm-hmm. He has you know kind of one other guy, Jalen Brunson, as you know. Your Jerry Smith, sometimes he's hot, sometimes he's not. Mm-hmm. And then they also have Spencer Dinwiddie. But that team is Luka Doncic. Yeah. If Luka Doncic isn't giving you a 30, what feels like either 26 plus to 30 points and a triple-double on the side, you're not winning. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, yeah, you're just not – like if he has a bad night, you're mm-hmm. not winning unless 
unless Spencer Dinwiddie goes off, you know, for a really good game or Jalen Brunson holds him into the game. But that game runs through Luka Doncic. Either he's closing it or he's, you know, beginning it to start to, you know, route the other team to a blowout. Right. So it's like, and then you look at the bigs that they have. They have Willie Cauley-Stein, who is really not that good. I mean, he's a good shot blocker. Don't get me wrong. He can, right. He can send it. And he, you know, he's a presence sometimes. But he kind of reminds me of JaVale McGee to where it's like, you know, mm. he, he'll, you know, he'll get you some block shots there, but their mind is just so far on the defensive end. It feels like they're, they're kind of spaced out sometimes. Huh. And same thing with Dwight Powell. He, he's six, nine. So he's about the same height as Dwight and, you know, he, he'll sneak in, grab rebounds and get put back. They're pretty athletic as yeah, well. Yeah. Really athletic. They're but, pretty athletic too. but going up against any team, it's going to be very tough. To be, I think all the, I think a lot of bigs in the East are better than the bigs in the West. I think so too. Because like, I other than like Jokic, like no, like when you think of the West, like the bigs in the West, you think of Anthony Davis if you want to count him as a big, Mm -hmm. and you think of Jokic. And then you got, don't forget DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, he's but he's not the caliber of those guys. You look at you look. He's getting there. He's he's almost there. He's getting there. You look at the East, you look at the East, even though Kevin Durant isn't a big, he almost plays against bigs all the time. You have Giannis, you have Joel Embiid, and then you go down south, you in Miami, Bam Adebayo. And and guards one through five, you can't, it's it's tough to beat that. Go to Cleveland, Jared Allen. Evan Mobley. Like, just, they're uh, going to have, Problems with big. every team in the West has problem with bigs, right. unless you have the luxury of having a big, like a, like, like 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 a Joker. exactly, yeah. But like I said, man, that that whole and then of course with Memphis, they, I just I just think that Memphis team is just phenomenal, man. And then of course going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I love what they've done. Even though they're you know they're 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 growing and they're growing really really well over and over in cleveland they're going fast too right and and the the great and the thing about this this is their first winning season without a lebron james in the starting lineup which is a which is a huge accomplishment for that organization for all those many of years being without a superstar caliber of of lebron james and to have a team a culture of a team like that in cleveland cleveland is another great story of nba story about them this team, this season as well. I, I'm I'm hoping that they can they can stay alive and 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 make a go in the in the playoffs this season as well. But Memphis has been incredible this season. They have been off the chain, man. It's just this. I I really I really can't wait to see how that team how that particular team with that particular season that they had performs in the in in the playoffs and how far they go. If I they, hope, if they, hope they go get, far. Yeah, if they can at least I think the ceiling the ceiling for this Grizzlies team I think is a game 7 Eastern Conference Finals. Cuz they beat game 7 or Western, Western Conference, Conference. I'm sorry, Western Western Conference Finals. Cuz this is kind of like you. this kind of like the Boston Celtics when they had Jason Tatum and he had that exploding year with Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what they're having. Except I think they're way better than that two that 2018 Cavs right, team. Right. They just need 
to stick with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think their ceiling is Western Conference Finals Game Seven. Yeah, their floor to me is getting getting swept in the uh, in the second round. They right. they need to win this first round. Right. If they really, if you like, because if you look back, we said okay, well the Grizzlies, the last time they were in the playoffs, they lost to Utah. If I'm correct, mm-hmm. they lost to Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah's been falling because. Donovan Mitchell has problems. We'll talk about that later. How I feel about uh, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but we'll talk about that on another episode. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I just it's kind of crazy because they're playing well, mm-hmm. and if they don't continuously play well throughout the playoffs, and they lose in the first round, mm-hmm. it's kind of be it's kind of going to be like, uh, you know. Y'all, y'all had all this hype going into the to the playoffs to be a first round exit. Like that's a meme. Yeah. Like like when when a player plays good or when a team plays well, <laughs> elbows a first round exit. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give media power. Right. If you give media power, I promise it's, it's going to cause a lot of issues. But I think a lot of people are not going to harp on Memphis as hard. Like let's say if it was the Lakers that had this particular season. And it was really good, and they get bounced out. Oh my gosh! It'll be all over. Any any top team, the Suns, the uh, Sixers, mm-hmm. Nets, Nets, any 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 yeah. like team with like name brand superstars. I think this is more of a feel good story for everybody to see a young, up and coming team that's doing it. Yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks, and the Grizzlies. I think are the two teams where you look at them and say, "How could you hate on that team?" And it's like a yeah right. It's like it's like the darling teams. I mean, like I mean, maybe like if you really want to go, I I can understand if somebody doesn't like Grayson Allen, I can understand that. Yeah. But still, if you look at Memphis mm-hmm. and and the Cavs also, you look at these teams, you say, how could you hate them? Yeah. They right. have players who play with their who play like it's their last time playing. Right. They you know none of I don't know if any of these guys. Have you know players that flop? Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. So people can't really say, "Oh, I don't like this player because he flopped." You look at Stephen Adams. Nobody hates Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. People love Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. John Morant. People love him. He's kind of like that new kid at a school, and everybody's starting to feel his vibe, and he's cool and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out here hitting the gritty after a thirty-point win and all of that. Right. Like, imagine, imagine being an NBA player. You get back in the locker room and it's like showing the game that you're playing, and you just see John Morant gritty and, and you know doing all that dancing enjoying, like like enjoying the game, like man. he didn't just blow you out by thirty. He's just enjoying the game, but that's the reason why I think a lot of people are not going to are not going to bash this this Memphis team. It, I mean, they'll say they'll say yeah, it's disappointing that they had this great, amazing, you know regular season and then they flame out in the first round of playoffs yeah it'll be something but i don't think people would will will crush them like if, the, if it was like another if it was like a if it was like the nets the lakers or you know whatever other other teams with with expectations to win uh a championship i think people would look up and say well y'all had a good year y'all be back and that's what i think people would say yeah. about that with that grizzly with that grizzly team and that grizzly team was just Phenomenal man. Uh, one team that we got to get to real quick. I'd say the Celtics. Oh yeah, the Celtics are definitely. <laughs> <laughs> As a Laker fan, I I don't want to. <laughs> uh, but but I gotta give them a props because 
the thing is, I, like, matter of fact, last night I was watching uh, like a bunch of stories on on Tracy McGrady, and Jalen Jalen Brown was talking about how he took his game, he patted his game after Tracy McGrady, and then Jason Tatum was like how he patted his game after Kobe. Yeah. So it's like you having these two young dynamic players, and it and it was always a story where Jerry West was supposed to go and get. Tracy McGrady to come play with along with Shaq and Kobe, and he was going to do everything he could in his power to get them. That was going to take a step back, but could move forward with these two young guns moving forward. Which I was like, as a Laker fan, I was like, what? just, 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 just drop me on my head right now. <laughs> Why don't you?" But Celtics had a pretty rough beginning of the season. Then all of a sudden, their head coach, um, uh, their head coach. Um, really turn things around i gotta find his name i know yeah. his name but it's hard to say yeah. it's like a doku uh sumo or some um mm-hmm. but he's what he's done for that celtics team uh it's just been outstanding because at the beginning of the year uh ime udoka that's yeah, that's ime udoka. Ime. there you go and the crazy thing is at the beginning of the year uh there were it wasn't this wasn't reports. This was literally press conference. This was press conference with Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. He said, and this is after the game, I think they lost. I think they got blown out by 20. Mm-hmm. And uh he Marcus Smart was like, Our two guys, and this he didn't just say what I love about Marcus Smart, he holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. It's not only he didn't just say our two guys, he said, he said, Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum need to learn to pass and trust their teammates. We won't get better until they do that. And when you do that, there's two feelings as being a, a star that those you know that those two are that you can have. It's man, why he talking to me, man? He trash. Right. Or it's okay. Let me you know let me be a better facilitator. Let me trust my teammates. But also that could be a double edged sword as well because if you go to the media you say things like that. That could also cause a riff in the locker room. Thank God it didn't for them because, because they could have easily went. But also, you have to realize south. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown—they don't have egos. They're younger guys. True that. Now, now younger guys can either have a really big ego, mm-hmm. or they could have a very selfless ego. Mm-hmm. And that's what—that's what, that's what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are. They're soft-spoken guys. You don't really hear about a bunch of stuff from them in the media. A lot of like you hear from guys like LeBron and Steph Curry because they're faces of the team. I won't even say Steph Curry. I'll say Draymond Green. Yeah. Like, when you think of, like, the voice of a team, mm-hmm. you think of LeBron James for the Lakers. You think of Draymond Green. You think of Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. You think of Joel Embiid. You know, obviously, Joel Embiid is a guy who loves talking with the crowd. Anyway. You think of, yeah, you think of Giannis, Jimmy Butler, you know, going across the team like that or going across the league like that. But – but again also um the celtics they've been they've actually gotten better defensively like they they were i'm the the top teams defensively when healthy it was the celtics were up there the clippers were up there uh golden state Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think Brooklyn was starting to sneak into the top 10 because they were flying around for for a bit. Mm-hmm. But still, they've all bought into a system of playing defense right. and holding each other accountable. Right. Spe- and especially 
probably the dopest name in the in the uh or the dopest nickname in the NBA right now. The Time Lord, <laughs> Robert Williams the yeah. Third. Can he fly? He can, but he's gonna be out for. He's he will. For. Yeah, he's getting a, a a knee surgery. Yeah, that's and that's one thing that I that I I looked at the Celtics. I was like, that's the one thing I think that really hurt them was was Robert Williams being out because he was he was fantastic for him. But yeah, the Celtics has been incredibly done has done well man even though they started off rough they they came on strong came finished well they're in the playoffs uh let's see what that team does man but yeah the, Jalen brown and jason tatum those two even though i'm i'm a laker i'm a laker fan but i those two dudes i love watching them play them dudes are just just phenomenal which one is your favorite out of the two i gotta go with tatum <laughs> i i love i love Jalen brown i go with tatum man tatum tatum reminds me so much of kobe so much of Kobe with his style, his gameplay, his ability to pull up and with the fadeaway, the step back and everything. You could tell he took a lot of Kobe Kobe's game and, and put it into his own. He trained with Kobe over yeah. over a summer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did. And that's why and plus he just loved Kobe. I, I remember Kobe even saying, What the hell the Lakers were talking thinking about? You should have got him over Lonzo. He's he was the he was the one. You know, so but you know it is what it is. He's he's a Celtic now, and uh, he's doing phenomenal over there. So we'll see what Boston does. So we talked about the season that was in 2021-22 NBA season. The, yeah. The, the the good, the great, the good, the ugly that it was, and now we are now in playoff mode. The playing tournament is this Wednesday, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna we're pretty much gonna give our predictions on the on first the play, round on the on the, well pretty much on the playing games. We're gonna do that first, then we'll we'll on the next episode. Then on the next episode, we're going to be talking about the first round and uh, where it go first. But first, we want to start with the playing tournament. First game playing tournament we're gonna have we're gonna have the Cavs versus Brooklyn. Who you got? In that, um, they the Cavs have played Brooklyn. I'd definitely say, uh, I'd have to take Cleveland, they played them earlier. Uh, Brooklyn is gonna have a hard time on the defensive end going against Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley not only can he, he's a lob threat, not only is he a lob threat, but he has a really good post game. And Nick Claxton, he's more of a help defense, I'll come block a shot. He, the you know, I don't think he can do well against guys with really good footwork and all that. Yeah. And not only do they have to deal with that, they have to deal with Larry Markkinen, who can space out and shoot the three. Uh, Larry Markkinen, not only can he space the floor, but so can Kevin Love. And, and then you have to deal with all the other guys on that Cavs team. They have a guy named Dean Wade. He can shoot it, but he can also get to the rim mm-hmm. and uh, pass. Mm-hmm. But... Again, Kevin Durant is gonna have to. I think Kevin Durant is gonna have to put up forty-eight, six and six, off fifteen of like twenty shooting for them to win. And Kyrie got to put up the numbers too in that one. Kyrie has well. to put up. I think. I think if Kyrie puts up twenty-five, they win. Uh, it, that's that's probably a possibility. But I'm I, I, I for some reason I I love the Cavs. I think the Cavs are going to do. I think the Cavs are still going to make the playoffs. But I really believe Brooklyn's going to win this game because Kate, because one, I don't think Katie and then wants to play uh, 
wants to play twice, you know, to get it to get an eighth seed. And, sure. and I firmly believe that I think KD is going to just do his thing going forward. Now, is it possible that they could lose? Absolutely, because Brooklyn has shown they were they they have tremendous holes and flaws in their team. But if you give me a one game scenario where I can win a game going forward and lock it in my position to win the playoff, uh, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn on that one, and, and Brooklyn's gonna move forward. So, um. With that, with that, we're gonna to go to the West Coast. We got the uh, well, stay on the East Coast, and we're gonna go with Hawks the, and Hornets. Hawks and Hornets, tenth, ninth, and tenth. Now, who's gonna win that game? Who's gonna be out of the playoffs, man? Um, I have to go real quick. Well, I always like to go through what teams when they played earlier in the season, even though sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hornets had beat the Hawks earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And one thing LaMelo Ball had done is the clock was kind of ticking out. I think the I think it was like probably like 30 seconds left and mm-hmm. the Hornets were up by eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the Hawks were thinking, oh, man, you know, the game's over. Mm-hmm. And the Hornets were probably thinking there's still time left. And LaMelo Ball had told Kevin Herter, step the F up. Mm-hmm. And he pulled it. He was a little bit behind the line. He, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't it wasn't just like a he was about like four feet behind the line and he told Kevin Herter step the F up, launched it and laced it. So I think I think the Hawks win this game because of that moment. I think the Hawks win this game. I think Kevin Herter goes off for twenty plus. Trey Young will do his thing that he normally does. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. this Hornets team is very streaky, but this Hawks team, even though they haven't been playing how they were last year. There's still there's still a team to worry about. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Hawks on this one too. I think I, even though I love Lamelo Ball, I think he's one of the one of the most dynamic point guards. No, can he play? Um, can he play? I, he's one of the guys that I would definitely pay money just to watch him play. Him play on play him alone. I would <laughs> I would love to watch him play. If I had to go, if I was going going through the turnstile, giving my ticket, you know. And watch him play. He's one of those young guys. I would like definitely. He's on that list. Yeah. Um, but if I have to go with, but if I have to say, I have to go with the Hawks due to experience, them being in these type of situations before in the past, playoff run all the way to the Eastern Conference. I don't think they want to end their season and not making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals to not making the playoffs at all. This particular year, so I'm 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 going to go with the Hawks on this one, and they're going to uh, take out Charlotte um, in the playing tournament in the playing tournament and, and battle for the uh, for the last spot in the, in the playoffs between either Brooklyn or um, between either Brooklyn or uh, or the Cavs um, in the in the East. So West, we got the Clippers versus Minnesota. Minnesota has been on the hot, been on the tear. They're going forward. Who you got? Uh, real quick, I definitely say, thinking about it, probably go. It's a tough one. I haven't really thought of it, mm-hmm. but I think I think Memphis take this takes this one. Okay. I think uh, Patrick Beverly, his tenacity, will probably get somebody on the Clippers ejected. I I don't know who. But somebody will be ejected from the Clippers. I just thought about it too, because Patrick Beverly also got some heat with the Clippers letting him go too. So yeah. to beat them, it's more motivation for him to to go after this. 
go after this particular Clippers team. Um, with that, I think I, I think Minnesota may have something to say about it. I'm going to give the slight edge to Minnesota to win against the Clippers and and locking in that seventh seed, and then the Clippers going on to the uh, to to see if they can you know try to battle for that eighth spot and everything. And then yeah, so once we talk about that, uh, so. So yeah, I think I think Minnesota's gonna win that what's gonna win that playing tournament right there. Now, with that being said, we got the uh ninth versus tenth. That is the Pelicans and Spurs. Pelicans and Spurs. Um I'm I I'm I'm taking this uh probably uh the way the Pelicans have been playing, I'm gonna take the Pelicans. You the Pelicans has been really, really good. I got the Spurs. I got I got the Pelicans, man. I think CJ CJ McCullen. Brandon Ingram has been playing extremely well without Zion and everything. They've been playing extremely well so far. Now, I'm, I mean, I know the Spurs is the Spurs, you know, even though there's no Tim, there's no Tony Parker, there's no Manu. They're, they're kind of rebuilding Keldon Johnson. Yeah. He's a he's a lengthy defender mm-hmm. who, who can also get to the rim and penetrate when he needs to. And then DeJounte Murray, Murray. He's he, one of my favorites. He's one of my favorite points. Triple, you can go get your triple-double with four steals. Mm-hmm. He can do it. Yeah. So it's just, it's just yeah, I, I like the Spurs, but I really, I really got, I got, I got the Pelicans going forward. I, I got the Pelicans winning that game and, and battling, um, you know, the Clippers for the AC. Now, for the final spot, you said Brooklyn – you said Brooklyn was going to was going to lose uh, was going to lose to uh, uh, to the to the Cavs. I'd say to yeah. To play I'd say for Brooklyn. the AFC for the and they, so they go to battle for the AFC. So I think it'd be Brooklyn versus Hornets. Was, so you said it was going to be Brooklyn versus Hornets. Yeah. So this Hornets and um, this Hornets and Nets game, I think I don't think the Hornets are going to beat the Nets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did they did beat them earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie, mm-hmm. I think they're going to show their their leadership, and I think they're going to show their experience. But also, I don't think it's going to be an easy game because LaMelo Ball is hungry, and he's going up against, you know, guys that he watched. Right. So he wants to make a lasting impression on these guys. Right. So I think I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think Brooklyn wins by six. Okay. All right. And on my side, when I said I said Brooklyn, was going to beat um the Cavs, and I had the Hawks beating Charlotte. So it's going to be Hawks versus the Cavs, and I believe the Hawks is going to beat when I, I I think the Cavs is going to win that game. I think the Cavs are going to put the Hawks out after having an incredible run last year to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think this particular Cavs team, with the young pieces that they had and the young Firepower that they have as well, and the defense that they had. I I think this Cavs team can 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 take out the Hawks in one game, and uh, we're going to have Brooklyn seven, Cavs eight, and playoffs will be set in the East. Yeah. With that, and for this West, I said uh, the Clippers, Pelicans, and you had the Spurs. Yeah, I have the Spurs. Okay, so who do you have within the win between the Clippers and the Spurs? I have the Clippers again experience and I think they're just a little I think they're just a little bit better than the Spurs right now. Okay. So you got then you got the seventh seed lock is gonna be Minnesota Clippers 
locked in after the playing tournament. On my side, I said I, I said Minnesota. I, I said Minnesota was going to win the seventh seed, uh, and I said in the ninth attempt, I said I had the um, had the Pelicans. So I have the Clippers winning out that playing tournament against the Pelicans, uh, clinching that eighth eighth spot. Uh, pretty much, kind of like what you pretty much set up like your ways, but in a different scenario. Uh, with Minnesota at seven, Clippers at eight, just in a different, you know, just in different ways how that how that's set up. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what we're going forth. And um, please, once again, join us once again at What's the Scrimmage podcast with us, with me and, and with my man Andreas and myself. Um, we will be giving you another podcast after the playing tournament, talking about the, the games of the playing tournaments and what happened. And then we're going to give you our predictions round by round going into the NBA playoffs. Also, we'll be talking about NFL free agency, a lot of things, moving parts, Deshaun Watson going to the Cleveland Browns, and some other crazy stuff that's been going on in the NFL um, going forth in the NFL free agency and also um, keeping a close look at um, the NBA playoffs as well. Um, if you want to continue to support us, please do. You can do it on Spotify or you can look at us uh, look us uh, on Spotify, Anchor FM, or you can download us and um, look at us on, the, on your local podcast, whatever you listen to your podcast from. Um, you can check us out there as well. Um, thank you once again for checking out this podcast. My name is Ron. My name is Dre. And we'll take y'all later. And thank you for checking out What's the Scrimmage. Take care. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to What's the Scrimmage. Please like, share, and subscribe. And stay tuned for future podcasts coming your way. Take care and be safe. One love.